Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Mike. Hey, this is Kaz, and you are listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. You have made it to episode 87. I had to write it down. Michael, Michael, what is up? What is up? What you wearing? You all right? I'm all right. I'm, <laughs> I, I enjoy any time we do one of these morning recordings because I, I got up today. I, I made my coffee. <laughs> I have this little ritual where I make the coffee and I listen to This Will Destroy You while it's, nice. while it's brewing. So that's super nice. It, it was great coming from that to calling my friend on Skype. There you go. How, 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 how existential of you. I'll, I will brew my morning ritual coffee to the, to, to the rhyming and chimings of this will destroy you. Yes. yes. <laughs> That's Fantastic. so cool. Yeah. Yeah. We were recording um, this episode early Saturday morning. Happo, happo, there you go. Happy Seiko Catterday to everyone out there. Happy Seiko Catterday yeah. to you. I had to work on that shot today. Hopefully I can get something good. Because it's a struggle. I think people underestimate um, how much time I spend trying to get Catterday shots. That's why sometimes they just don't happen because I literally ran out of day. There was just not enough day to make it happen, you know? <laughs> I wonder how many how many Seiko Catterday shots exist now. I'm looking at the hashtag. Let's I think see. there's, last time I checked, there was 270 posts in there. Majority, yeah, of, look at that. majority of them will be from me, but a lot of them are from um, users as well. So that's super cool. Wait, so you've taken you've taken almost like 200 of these photos? I guess. Maybe? Wow. Wow. Cool. Yeah, dude, that's my <laughs> that's me leaving my mark on the world. That's <laughs> uh, great. It's fun. Um uh, uh, Mike and I talked about this offline. I think we're going to really try and make it work this year. We want to do the Seiko Catterday calendar in time, I think for the holidays. How great would that be? It makes it sound naughty. It makes it sound like Does it really? Oh, like the like um like like hot like hot fireman calendars. We can do hot like hot exactly. Saturday calendars. We can have my cats in like compromising situations, like opening a can of tuna, like like sexily, if that's possible. <laughs> do they have thumbs? I don't think they have thumbs. My cats have thumbs. So some breeds of cats have thumbs, my cats have thumbs. That's true. Some cats have thumbs. Yeah. I remember now. You were listening to Two Broke Cat Snobs, everyone. Just wanted to welcome everyone to the new show. <laughs> but no, this is going to be a really, really fun episode. So um, just, to, just to kind of give an idea what the show's about, I think this is going to be super interesting because it's something that I think we've sort of, I don't know, mentioned offline. People ask us about this stuff all the time also, especially if they're looking into getting something like secondhand or even potentially vintage, which is what I'm wearing today specifically. Um, and so it's the idea of exploring... Um, brands relationships with secondhand pieces like what sort of support or lack of support exists for a, a a piece from a brand when it changes hands or when a certain amount of time passes you know some brands um, are kind of weird about it some brands are very open about it some are supportive some are supportive so it's just I, I think it's gonna be fun to just talk about that explore the rationale and explore maybe just you know how it could change in the future I mean because the the the, the the idea of the micro brand also presents this in a very strange situation because micro brands offer a lot of really, really great support, but it's also entirely possible that some micro brands won't exist in a year right. or two. And, you know, that's just the reality. And are, and are some brands trying to abolish 
the secondhand market yeah. for their pieces. <laughs> like, do they see it as like a threat to their businesses? And I think we can. I have I have one specific example where I see them supporting secondhand pieces to the point where I think they're very much into it. And obviously, I know you have an example of a brand where they're probably not really into it. But um, before we get into that, oh my god, I I had a note here. I wanted to talk about this. I I'm I'm constantly learning things about being uh, uh, an adult. And okay. one of the things, so I'm getting more and more into like trying to maintain my, my, my home and my apartment and chores and all that stuff like that. And I had a very like stark, very real, like, like, like eye opening experience the other day um, in regards to chores. Do, do, do you, do you know the truth, Michael, in that the, the dishes will never be done? No, they'll no. And it never, aren't be done. you, aren't you impressed at, at how many dishes two people can go through? It's incredible. It's it, so many spoons. So many spoons. So many spoons. Because the thing is, I'll wash them and I'll be like, "Yeah, we have like forty thousand fucking spoons in my stupid drawer." <laughs> and then the next day, there's one spoon, and we have to ration it. It's like, okay, I used the spoon this morning. Now I'll give it to you, and you can use, use, use the spoon. Oh, but I don't want to put your coffee spoon in my pasta. Well, we have no choice, babe, because we only have one fucking spoon. <laughs> All right. <laughs> so you got to use my coffee spoon or eat with your fucking fingers. Those are the options. <laughs> the dishes will never be done, but no lie has ever been perpetuated more than that with the with the you know dishwasher and like all the drying racks and all of the drying towels we own. I own more drying towels and is is humanly reasonable because I guess the more drying towels we own, the more I'd actually clean dishes. I, I don't know, but no matter how many times I do it, it's such a it's such a Sisyphean effort. No matter how many times I roll that rock up the hill. It's just going to crush me. It's just going to fall back down. You know what I'm saying? I think I think I'll feel as if I've made it in life the day that I have two dishwashers in in my buddy my, home. my buddy growing up had two dishwashers. He grew his his family was was very very well off and so like they had this huge kitchen. They had this football sized um uh, uh island in their kitchen and so the kitchen island had a dishwasher and then the main perimeter counter had a dishwasher as well. And at the time, I thought it was hilarious. I'm like, this is so weird. Like, why do you need two dishwashers? <laughs> now as an adult, I'm like, man, I wish that I, I wish one day I become rich just so I can buy two fucking dishwashers <laughs> and never look at a sink full of crap ever again. Like, I, I, I also can't get Becky, my wife, on the board with my plan. I want to throw away all of our dishes. I want to put them in a garbage bag and I want to just throw them off the freeway and then we're just going to use paper plates. But I understand that's very wasteful, right? Uh, I mean, you can find compostable, reusable dishes, and then do why argue that why don't I just eat all my food off slices of bread? You can do that, right? You, just you eat can, the bread afterwards. You can also try to find edible plates. You could eat the plates. I don't know if those exist. I'm sure you can. I'm sure you can make something out of like like sugar. You know, like sugar <laughs> plates, right? Why, why the hell not? Well, there's that guy, and I, I think I think it was India. He, he was trying to do a startup where the the forks and spoons were uh, were edible. Really? I don't know. Yeah, he he was making them out of um, almost a pasta like, um, you know, material ingredients. Dude, that, so, dude that's so. <laughs> it smart. was like using a fork that was made out of dry pasta. Or I like feel that. like that's super smart. I don't know. I, I if, if 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 I can scratch together twenty five dollars, I'll, I'll throw that his way as an as, as an investment. Like, hey man, I want to invest my twenty five dollars in your in your company, and then he's gonna send me an email of this taint because that's not a lot of money. He's probably dead. 
I'm sure. I'm sure most most good things that try and happen in the world immediately get stamped out of life. That's just the reality. Because <laughs> life is relentless. But yeah, no, the dishes will never be done. I'm sorry. It's a very big tangent because I I work so hard to clean the dishes. I'm just gonna throw them out. I'm just gonna throw them out and tell my wife someone robbed us and stole only our dirty dishes. I actually think a great Patreon episode would be <laughs> just us discussing. Our frustrations <laughs> with regular normal life. It could be a it could be a part of the hashtag uh, real wrist shots uh, hashtag that, yeah. that some of you guys are actually using. That's an old hashtag. I think we talked about a while ago. It was the idea that um a lot of the glorification of like watch luxury culture and Instagram and Facebook. It's the idea of like people you know drinking crystal on their yachts and like killing strippers while wearing their Rolexes. I'm like, dude, that's not real life. Like, I want to rush out of me on the, like hugging the toilet with like the flu. You know what I mean? Like that's that's <laughs> real life. That's a real life wrist shot or a real wrist shot. So we yeah, could man. do a Patreon special in that vein. But super distracted. I'm really <laughs> sorry. Um, we have to honor tradition. <laughs> we have to honor tradition. I'm really excited about this wrist check because I'm wearing a watch that's very very relevant to um, the discussion that we're doing today. The relationship of watch brands with secondhand pieces and how they kind of understand or don't want to understand those markets. But um, let's honor tradition. Let's do the audio wrist check. I've been talking way too much about dishes and God knows what. Michael, what are you wearing? I'm wearing a Glycine Airman. Yes. <clears throat> Number one edition, 36 millimeters. Fantastic. Makes me feel as if I should wear smaller watches more often. There you go. Which makes me sad because there are a lot of <clears throat> big watches that I like. I have some Panerai's open on my screen now. I don't know why. I was looking at them at some point, I guess. One day. <coughs> one day you'll do it. We'll, 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 you know what we, should, you know what we should do? One day we should both get um, Pam's 005s with TBWS engraved in the back. Yeah, we'll, we'll, we'll talk to Monsieur Cornelius Panerai <laughs> uh, about that venture. <laughs> <laughs> Monsieur Panerai, if you are listening, what is up, good sir? I don't know. I don't know if his first name would be Cornelius. I, I, I should have come up with a cooler Italian name. When I played I when I played D and D, I had a I played a wizard that was like also like a thieving rogue, <laughs> and so his name was Cornelius C. Cornelius. And everyone asked me, "Oh, what's the C stand for?" And I would just say Cornelius. So his full name was Cornelius Cornelius Cornelius. <laughs> <laughs> so every time I hear Cornelius, I think of that. I think of that old wizard. That was that was that was a good time. But here, I, I cut that you off. should that should be your online pen name <laughs> for. For the application that we have to fill out. <laughs> We're filling out the press applications for the Hong Kong Watch and Clog Show, and it is hilarious. And they want our online pen name. They want, like, an example of the website. So I guess we just have to screenshot a photo of the of the web. I don't know. It's just so odd. But, yeah, my online pen name should just be Cornelius C. Cornelius. I think I, think I should also just get that on my passport. I'm going to take a Polaroid of the website. And then stick it to the paper, scan that, sign it, and then send that. I want to take a picture of you <laughs> taking a picture of the website. I'm going to put that as my website example. <laughs> uh, the best way to do it. Yeah, but this <laughs> I guess back to the watch. This uh, no, this was cool. I went to uh, an air show down in Tacoma for Fourth uh, of July, so I've I've been wearing this watch lately, and it's. It's pretty fun. Uh, the air show kind of sucked. Really? Like, yeah, what, man. What sucked I, about it? So they, I, th I actually think something happened where they couldn't go through with the full uh, air show. Some of the some of the planes had mechanical issues. Oh but, uh, shit! 
they, they did have a C5 Galaxy fly by, and that was pretty cool. That's a massive airplane. Um, what is the C5 Galaxy? Is it like a military thing, or like regular folk can ride on it? No, no, it's it's a it's a massive uh, transport um, aircraft. Actually, whenever the president moves, that's the plane they use to. Um, oh wow! Uh, transport the the vehicles in his motorcade. So cool. That's heavy. Uh, that's what they use it for. Yeah, it's a, it's it's a massive massive airplane. That so that was cool to see. But it was like one airplane. Um, <laughs> so yeah, I've been wearing this watch. I thought it'd be cool to. Um, have that on the 4th of July and go to an air show. It was fun either way, relaxing. Um, but this thing is great, man. It's still it's still serving me well. Really enjoyed the look. Still very disappointed in uh, you know, the way glycine is managed today. Yeah. I, I don't I don't really see a lot of focus um, when there is in fact a ton of potential for them, but who knows, maybe Maybe one day uh, something will happen. I, but, um, I I still think they were acquired with the goal of potentially having a quick win, and that's just not the case. But that doesn't mean it's a property worth giving up on. I mean, that's my opinion. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. And and, and once again, <clears throat> I I thought I thought I would be done after getting this this Airman, but now I'm I'm looking at older models. I I, I don't really see myself collecting a ton of these Airmen, right. but um. There, there are some, you know, it's weird. They were doing, they were doing reissues, um, kind of way before, uh, it was really popular. Hmm. And I think, I think that same, that same management group is, was what was responsible for, for this specific watch. So they did have a period where they were really focused and releasing models that were paying tribute to, um, original airman models from from the 50s or whatever before i think it was before the black bay and I'd, I'd have to check um but i i almost feel as if watches like the black bay and the longines uh heritage what is it what's the compressor one oh um legend diver yes the legend yes. diver yeah i i feel i feel as if the black bay and the legend diver kind of marked the big start for heritage reissues um and i feel as if some of these older glycine models came up before that and seiko did the same thing too um but that's another story so for me it's, so, it's oh sorry no, no, no I, i'm just i'm just looking at some of those models now but they're, they're really hard to find really hard to find yeah i think it's, yeah. i think it's interesting because glycine has i think in my opinion the elements to make a, like a reissue sort of push work it has all the elements to make it work, all the hard ones to to acquire so it has history already has like a pretty strong following in my opinion very niche right now but there's good opportunity to spread that the thing that's obviously just really hurting it the most right now is i mean and you can correct me if you think if you're if you think if you think differently but basically you know, ma management brand management you know what i'm saying right yeah it's uh it's pretty bad do you do you, do you think we should get be there in there i feel i feel like that's like his thing isn't that his thing to save them, right? To save them, <laughs> to save them. You know, I feel like that's his thing. I don't know why. I, 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 I feel like I've just heard that story. Maybe if he can flip it and uh, make a profit, that'll work. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. That's kind of his thing. That's so cool, though. And that watch is the one you're wearing right now, the uh, Airman One Thirty Four, Thirty Six. You said thirty-six millimeters with really, really tall lugs. 
I'm going to measure my watch right now because we might be wearing watches that are the same size. We are... This is about 35, 35.5 that I'm wearing right now. Cool. So what is it? What the hell is that? What is that? Okay, sorry. <clears throat> uh, oh, yes. Um, so for today's wrist check, uh, pertinent to our discussion, I am wearing my seldom worn, because I have to get it serviced, um, vintage Omega Seamaster um, 30. It's 286 caliber, 1962 Really, really cool. 35 millimeters, um, manual wind. I love this thing so much. I love the way it's patinaed. Um, the case back still has this hippocampus on it, but it's like super worn. You know what I mean? Uh, I love this guy, these applied indices. I bought this watch. I bought this watch on Reddit. Um, and I made the decision to buy it, I think, when we were hanging out in your old Miami apartment. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember. Man, I really, I kind of missed that apartment. Do you <laughs> but, really? Um, <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Nora and I really, really love that place. That's fine, um, man. But yeah, I, I remember I was... I, I remember, yeah. I was, we were still working together, maybe? <sighs> I think so. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe, maybe. I don't know. It's a nice it's a nice watch, but you're scared to wear it. I'm scared, I'm scared to wear it because it does need to get serviced. Um, I don't wind this thing up anymore because it's just... Winding it up, I know it needs attention. Um, and I've had people, like, I guess, quote me prices on getting it serviced and... The big issue for this watch is that the places that I go to to service it, like, oh, yeah, you know, we have great relationships with, like, um, you know, Omega, and, like, we can help, excuse me, resource parts, blah, blah, blah. But the people that I've talked to won't service it unless I um, acquiesce and allow them to replace the dial. Because the dial on this is potentially the culprit that's making, that's that's killing, you know, um, um, you know this thing. It's like a tumorous beauty mark. You know what I'm saying? Um is it the front side of the dial that's flaking off? The is, front was that the yeah. The front side is is flaking off, which is an indication potentially the back side is flaking off as well and releasing debris into the you know the the, the gear works and and the, the train mechanism and everything like that. So interesting. And 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 that's probably you know one hundred percent the case. And so it's a tough decision for me because I love this watch so much because of the way it's patinaed. I don't want it to look like this brand new shiny thing which is what it will look like if they replace the dial which is interesting to me and it's a point i'll talk about when we get to the main topic in that omega will st still has parts from these old 50s 60s 70s you know seamasters um, these seamaster uh, 30s and the devils they still have these parts and they're more than happy to offer them to people who are looking to to you know get these things restored which i thought was just super super interesting just from you know how a brand perceives its you know uh, secondhand vintage pieces and everything <laughs> like that so that's the big choice with this watch right now i haven't gotten the service because the the, the argument that they said is we're not going to service it because if we service it but leave the dial you'll be back in here in a year or two to get it fixed again and that it makes no <laughs> and that makes no sense and, and it makes no sense at all so it's a tough tough call to make i mean Maybe I can. Well, oh, sorry. You have to remember that while it is surprising that they can provide you with that support, you have to remember that Omega has museums, man, mm. and and they they have archives and stored parts tracing way back to the early 1900s. Did you see the new 1913 um, first Omega wrist chronograph limited edition that they just did no, by any chance? No, let me let me go on the internet machine. So basically, um, Omega 
took what was essentially a um, a prototype for the first wrist-worn chronograph that the brand ever made. Um, the original one is out there, and last time I checked, belonged to a, co- a collector named um, Alfredo Paramico. He's c- kind of a big collector, and uh, he's buying at auctions all the time. Uh, so he has, he literally has the first Omega chronograph. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> so, um, so basically, in their museum, they they found, uh, I believe, thirteen boxed up movements, or uh, I don't know if it was thirteen. Let's see. This is a limited edition of. Things, this uh, thing is very beautiful, by the way. Yeah. No. It's uh, so eighteen. They <clears throat> they found eighteen of these eighteen movements from nineteen thirteen. Jeez. That were not used, and and so basically they. They fixed them up. Each movement was its own chore to uh, to kind of restore. I guess you can call it restore at this point. Um, but they were unused movements. So this is an older movement cased in a brand new watch meant to look like these very early prototypes that were almost um, almost uh, stopwatch-ish, like pocket watch yeah. kind of designs. Um and they they are they are beautiful watches, but yeah, to, it's incredible that they can offer that support. But Omega has these really vast uh, archives of of parts, and you know, they're a massive company that that can that can help you in that regard. You know, it's funny. Um, Omega finds old movements from like you know early in their history and puts it in new watches. Everyone loses their mind. Poljot does yeah. it. No one cares. Did they do it? <laughs> yeah, well, I didn't even know. <laughs> in the nineties, in, in the nineties during the acquisition periods, you know, when all the fact when the factories changed hands, they they just had the uh, they found a lot of older thirty one thirty three movements, and this is this, this is the same case for a lot of USSR companies. So you know, Vostok, Raketa, and things like that. Well, Raketa never changed hands, but it did it did survive the fall. The thing is, they had all these old movements, and so. Um, post 92 into like 95 you can find you know russian pieces with um like ussr movements but they're technically post ussr so but but like to them it wasn't like a big deal like oh we have all this old shit let's just use it. it's like the same thing that happens when you find a can of black beans in your in your cupboard from 2012 and you're like oh i guess i just put this in my stew now you know what i mean like that's how yeah. that's how they kind of saw it so but i'm looking at a photo a photo of this thing right now it definitely has like that converted pocket watch vibe you know yeah yeah, definitely. Very, very yeah. cool. But yeah, so I'm, I mean, I'm wearing the Seamaster 30. I don't really know what choice I'm going to make with it. I mean, maybe because I want to wear it. You know what I mean? But I don't want to wear it if wearing it's going to kill it, you know? So right. I got to make a choice with it. Maybe, you know, maybe, maybe I'll just say fuck it and have them fix it and replace the dial. Because I think what they'll also do is they'll just give me all of their, like the older parts in like a little bag so I can keep them. So maybe I can like put them in like a fun shadow box or something like that. I mean, I just, I really want to know if you can get a second opinion because that is completely not acceptable <clears throat> in some cases. If you take, say, a, um, you know, a great white seed weller mm-hmm. that has the dial flaking a little bit or the loom flaking a little bit, you know, people absolutely will not let you uh, replace those dials, but the, they still get those um, watches serviced. Yeah. So I'm just... I'm just trying to figure out the process uh, or the approach that individuals take when they service these 
highly valuable collectible watches for for me it's tough because the um there is an omega boutique i could go into and get their opinion on um but where i heard this this the 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 place that i went to because i I wanted i was kind of preferring to work with like an independent sort of place i guess um uh that was they were the ones that said that you know we would have to replace the dial because it makes no sense to replace the movement or fix the movement and not replace the dial i Mm -hmm. i they're the only sort of like independent like i guess watch tech around here and i've never had good experiences in their store i told you i was there recently for that Oris event or whatever and I just did not have a good experience at all you know what I mean <laughs> so I really don't want to go I really don't want to go back there and, and 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 patron their business at all so I mean maybe maybe I'll just go to the Omega boutique you know whatever I, I've been in there before pretend to be Aziz and sorry so maybe I can go back and pretend to be Aziz and sorry's as you know ugly brother or something like that you know what I mean a, a known watch guy now apparently Oh yeah, oh yeah we we've, we've, we've talked about that on the show or oh, some, some yeah. shit maybe, shit maybe I shouldn't be Aziz and sorry crap Oh, Aziz, where's your Richard? Oh, it's in the shop with my Bentley. <laughs> <laughs> Same shop. They service both things, you know. I can also bring my Vitamix there. But um, but yeah, no, so I'm wearing that right now. Um, it's good to know that obviously the brand will support me as a secondhand owner of this watch. I mean, I'm, I'm probably the seventh person to own own this freaking watch, but it's just a, a choice that I have to make that, you know, I'm, I've just been sitting on for a while, you know. Yeah. Yeah. It's, and it's a, it's a tough decision. I know. Is it loom that's flaking off or is it, uh, just dial paint? It's just the, it seems to just be the dial paint, the first like layer of whatever the dial is. It's just, it's flaking off, Hmm. you know, it's pretty interesting, but I love this watch. Um, hopefully I can figure out what to do with it at some point, but, uh, but yeah, thought it would be nice to wear it for the wrist check. I I should try and get this on the feed more. Every time I post on the feed, people always tell me to post it more. So I should actually, I should actually listen to you guys, because you guys know better than I do. And I should just post this thing on the feed more. Do you still have it on the uh, what was it, an ostrich, ostrich strap? Oh ostrich. yeah, this strap is so cool. I imagine that in the '60s, um, someone chased down this ostrich in uh, South Africa and clubbed it to death with like a ladle, <laughs> and then they just they just they skinned it alive there, uh, and then vultures came and you know did what vultures do. And then now now I'm wearing the you know some ostrich, ostrich skin on my on my watch, but. I love this thing a lot because you can actually see the the um, the large pores where the feathers. I can't remember. Someone told me. Someone told me what they were called. A listener told me what they were called. Like the 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 pores where the feathers came out of left really interesting like pockmarked texture on the strap. So it, it almost looks like bird's eye maple for anyone who knows anything about wood. I, I don't know why yeah. I, I know about wood, but I do for some reason. Probably because of guitars, actually. <laughs> I, I, lo- I love me a good bird's eye maple neck there you go right <laughs> that, that's probably how i know it <laughs> when i was in high school like the like the um, the the golden ticket like you 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 knew someone was a badass if they had a brazilian rosewood fretboard you remember that oh gosh yeah that was the, the <laughs> i think the earliest uh john mayer guitars had those oh god so, that fucking guy yeah. man yeah. he was he was the original cork sniffer <laughs> for like custom guitars <laughs> That's awesome, but yeah. So the strap sort of has a a, 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 a similar vibe to the bird type maple. So super cool. Um, I'll get this in the feed. Maybe I'll get it on the feed for for the for the shot for the show. But um, are you cool with moving on? Because there's a couple house eating house house eating items. I haven't eaten breakfast yet. Housekeeping. Items. I would love to eat a, a house. I would love to eat a house made of gingerbread and sorrow tonight. Preferably gingerbread. Preferably gingerbread. <laughs> Is gingerbread vegan? I don't know. I I think I think you have to be careful. You you probably have to look. I I 
it's a good possibility that I can't just go to the store and buy the the little kits that you can make the house out of. Probably like egg binder or some sort of like animal fat binder in there. Yeah, but I'm sure I can find myself a gingerbread cookie at least. (laughs) Oh yeah, straight up, dude. What are you gonna do in Hong Kong? We've been talking about this. We don't know if Michael can eat in Hong Kong. Does Hong Kong have a vegan food culture? (laughs) I'm just gonna eat eat my watches. Do. Bring bring your bring your Omega with its leather strap. I'm gonna, I'm gonna eat that. You're gonna eat it for sustenance. We'll bring you animal crackers. We should. Oh my god, we should make vegan animal crackers. How awesome <laughs> is that? I think it's adorable and ironic. I'm just gonna have a bag of baked NATO straps. <laughs> just eat that NATO strap chips. Terry from Terry from Toxic Natos, we're looking at you, dude. Can you sell Michael some vegan NATO straps that he can that he can he, he can boil and then and then uh, and then you know bring on the trip with him in like a horse feed bag. He can just have it around his head and he can just kind of arch down and, and take a couple nibbles whenever he's hungry. Isn't that what people try to do in, in survival situations? Uh, boil leather bags or, yeah. or something? Eat their belts, eat their shoes. Yeah. I think, uh, what was it? The miracle in the Andes? The, the I think it was a soccer <clears throat> team that they crash landed somewhere. I think in Argentina they, or, or something. They ate each other, I thought. They yes they did well they ate each other they, well, they tried to eat the leather from the seats but then they realized that they were also eating the dye from the colored leather oh so that after that they realized okay we got to eat our dead jeez that's heavy would you break <laughs> vegan in that situation or would you, I'm sorry of course so not, I shouldn't be making I shouldn't be making a joke in the situation. I would totally eat you. <laughs> that's good. As long as I know that you'd be okay. If my if my death would make sure that you were okay, that's that's cool, man. You know what I mean? You've been you've been lying dead in the snow for a few days. You're still preserved. Yeah, I'd eat you. Just pretend I'm just pretend I'm an, I'm an eggplant or something like that. <laughs> You're an eggplant. Oh gosh, this is this is a great transition. Yeah, I don't even know I don't even know what we're talking about anymore. Here, you guys uh, tuning in to two book cannibal snobs uh, talking about what you if you'd break vegan. In a survival situation, but um, <laughs> super distracted. But yeah, uh, if anyone knows uh, if there are any <laughs> vegan options in Hong Kong, I really don't know. Uh, let us know what's up. Either way, we'll figure it out. Um, a couple of housekeeping items I wanted to talk about. I think we'd indicated a couple episodes ago that we we're having an issue with our Amazon affiliate account. So if you were looking to support us through using um, our Amazon affiliate links, you know, uh, we kind of I think we, I think we said to kind of like hang out for a second while we figure it out. Everything with, the, everything with the Amazon affiliate account is totally fine now. It's back up and running. All the links that we have on the website are proper and everything like that. So if that was something you were interested in utilizing to support the show, super cool. So just as a reminder, basically all it is is if you use one of our Amazon affiliate links to purchase something on Amazon that you would normally buy anyway, we essentially get like a finder's fee. So you don't have to, it doesn't charge, it doesn't cost you anything extra. You don't have to do anything extra except using one of the links, but Folks were asking about it, and folks were using it too, so I wanted to make sure that that was back up and running. So if you have any questions about that, totally feel free to reach out and let us know what's up. I'm happy to kind of elaborate or demystify or anything like that, because some cause some folks have reached out and they're like, hey, I think it's super cool, I want to support you guys, but I have no idea what you're talking about with Amazon affiliate links. So yeah, totally reach out, happy to help in any way we can. Also, just to point out, I think Amazon Prime Day is coming up soon. Yeah, it is. They're trying. They're still holding on to that. But doesn't it work? Don't people like don't people like 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 eat their young during it during Amazon Prime Day for this? I haven't looked. I haven't looked after the first year because the first year that it happened, people went crazy. Yeah, and then the promotion <clears throat> went live, and you know they opened the homepage and it was, I don't know, diapers, pens, 
just really weird stuff that solo it was cups difficult to get it yeah it was really difficult to get excited about <laughs> what they were offering so maybe they've tweaked the offer in some way who knows man who knows but yeah i just want to put that out there let everyone know that it's up and running again also wanted to let everyone know that the website has seen a, a few really cool updates um of particular cool notes uh michael penante of two book watch knobs fame has put up two really cool um just sort of, I guess, like press articles talking about um, this really interesting uh, new iteration of the Timex Marlin, the Timex Marlin Blackout, and then also these two Seiko pieces. These, um, I guess, are they both solar solar tunas? Yeah, I want that. They're really cool, man. <laughs> They're really, really cool, actually. I, I, I would not mind at one point getting into the uh, uh, tuna game. Also, um, hashtag shout out to uh, GH Wood. Greg Wood has one of these, doesn't he? Yeah, the patty. I believe patty so. Version. That's so cool. What up, dude? Cool watch, man. So yeah, go and check those out. Also, uh, two reviews um, on the website as well from uh, from from listeners, from you guys. The first one is uh, really, it's actually really fun. I love the um, uh, 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 Greg Bedrosi and uh, Greg B, uh, G, GH, GH, mm, GB Watch, I think it is, his Instagram uh, name. I'm really bad with this, guys. <clears throat> I should be drunk, but I'm not so sorry. But um, what is he? He pitched this format of review to me, and I'm like, okay, this sounds kind of interesting. And then I read the review format, and I'm like, yes, this is the greatest thing ever. It's basically a community review. So he took a watch and he sent it around to different people that he knew. Um, a good sampling of folk, I think, maybe between eight and ten or seven and ten. I have to double check, but basically, they all spent time with this watch and they wrote a paragraph, their thoughts. I love it because it's community, it's reviews from people from all walks of life, watch folk, non-watch folk, people who wear, you know, inexpensive watches, people who, you know, probably wear some pretty expensive watches just based off that, so, and they each wrote a paragraph of their thoughts. The watch uh, that he chose for this community review is the Casio A, I'm going to mess this up, Casio A168WA, which is a watch that you had suggested for our episode of starting... Uh, when I say you, I mean you, Michael. Um, starting a uh, watch collection under one hundred and fifty dollars. I think yeah, I think one hundred fifty bucks. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. And seeing you know, it's difficult. I I don't know if there have been many dedicated reviews for this for this watch. So I'm I really enjoy all the photos that everyone took, especially yeah. the one with Admiral Akbar, the Y wing, <laughs> and the medical droid, because to see the watch to see the watch next to the Y wing, it's almost I don't know. It's almost rebel rebel alliance design right? in nature. <laughs> I really, I really, really like it. The photos are a lot um, of fun. Um, one of these got added uh, after it was published. Um, Greg has sent it my way. It's a picture of the watch with a Richard Simmons vinyl, which is incredible. Yes, yes, yeah. I'm seeing it right now. <laughs> is this is this the stock bracelet on the on this thing? It actually looks really good. I believe it is. Yeah. It's like a pretty good bracelet, actually. Yeah, seventeen dollars. Yeah, that's fantastic. All day, and then at the very end, um, he, um, Greg broke down five things he loves about the watch and five things that he doesn't like uh, like about the watch. So really, really fun review. Really enjoyed the format. Looking forward to <clears throat> doing more of these community reviews um down the road. So go and check that out. Also, want to give a shout out uh, for this other review, which is sort of on the other end of the quote unquote price spectrum it's sort of bucking on the limit of what we usually do for reviews but i i wanted to do it for a very specific reason so this review is from man i should have spelled this out phonetically mark signorelli 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 
You know who you are, Mark. Um, I think you're right. Yeah, that's, yeah, that sounds right. He did a review of this, of this really, really cool watch. So it's um, it's it's from Ball. So Ball watches the Ball watches Engineer Three King. This thing is actually really, really, really cool because the, the review is really, really cool because uh, he talks a bit about the history of the brand, which was news to me because uh, there was some there was light shed on some things that I just didn't know because. I see the watches all the time online. I sort of know about them. I see the brand reps all the time, but I don't know any, I don't really understand. Is it Swiss? Is it not Swiss? Who owns it now? Blah, 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 all that stuff. But what, um, the reason why I was okay putting this review on the site is because Ball has this really interesting, um, sort of business structure with their watches in that like full retail when watches are made, I think they're between like two and 3000 or $4,000. So, you know, something like that for which for me is yeah. way too expensive. But they yeah. do this really like aggressive pre-order strategy where it's just like, yeah, when this watch is in full production between two and four thousand, but you could pre-order it now full price for like a thousand bucks or eleven hundred bucks. Yeah, and a lot of times the stock completely sells out yeah. during the pre-order, anyways. So the watches so are never available. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they are very aggressive with that, and they they're one of those brands with a really really vast catalog mm -hmm. um and that the, i understand that can make it confusing um to put your finger on on what exactly it is they offer and this one's this one's really nice it's got an explorer vibe to it i, lo I love the big numerals at um you know 12 and 6 which are different colored uh tritium tubes mm -hmm. they do they do tritium tubes like like no one else yeah no one's uh, business or, or at least or at least their manufacturer does mm -hmm. um Really, really fun review, and I love this loom shot on our site. <laughs> Let me see. Yeah, yeah, you you you, you get a, you get a good sense of the two different color tritium tubes. It's it's really cool. Definitely worth checking out if you've if you're like me and you've seen the brand, you don't really know anything about them. I think the the review is fun. This thing looks. Oh, this thing also looks really cool on this. Um, I think it's Hadley Roma leather. He's got it on. Yeah, possibly. Yeah, I think that's what he said. It was super cool. Yeah, go and check out the review. Um, let Mark know your thoughts on there as well. Uh, I love the title. So it's Ball Watches Engineer 3 King Review, Railroads, Tritium, and Glued Macaroni. Love it. Mm -hmm. Absolutely yeah. love it. <laughs> <laughs> so shout out to those two uh, write-ups on the site. Keep an eye out for more stuff coming up on the site soon. Um, let me see what else. Oh, yeah, one more shout-out before we get to... No, shout-out, just, a, just a, a housekeeping news, TBWS news item before we get to the main topic. If you guys can bear with me for a little bit longer. Um, just want to let everyone know that we have officially... We had a Facebook page before, but I know nothing about Facebook. When when I was still using Facebook, it was primarily used to stalk the shit out of people you'd never talked to in real life, and that's what I that 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 was that was how I was versed in Facebook, in like undergrad. So this was like, God, what is it, 2018? This was like 2006. Oh my God, 12 years ago. Yeah, it's how I violated my restraining order. So I use Facebook for that. <laughs> Well, no, that's how you that's how you violated possibly the 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 context of restraining order, but like legally you did not violate any restraining order, right? Yeah, Jessica. <laughs> I'm just making up a fictional. No, <laughs> no, no, he's not. We're looking at you, Jessica. We know you listen to the show. <laughs> Crazy check. But um but yeah, so I had the Facebook page before. I didn't really understand how to use it. I really wanted to get back into it, but it just it just nothing was really clicking for me. But then a lot of you guys, a lot of you incredibly beautiful, amazing people were like, Hey, make a public group or, or, or a public or a private like group chat. That way people can just go in there and post on their own. People they can comment on their own and you don't necessarily have to moderate things yourself. It can just be you hosting this space for people to exist on Facebook. 
and that really caught my attention because I know a lot of you guys aren't on Instagram. I wouldn't be on Instagram if it wasn't for this stupid show. Like that was the only reason we, we I don't I don't have a personal Instagram. You know what I mean? The only yeah. reason I'm I know about Instagram is just for just for Juba Washnop. So <clears throat> I'm choking over here. But um but I, I I wanted to figure out a way to have people who were on Facebook also included in just the just the fun because it's just fun, man. It's just fun doing the show. It's fun talking to everyone. It's fun hearing hearing everyone's opinions. And so, um, made the group. Um, you can go and join. Um, it's funny because I, 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 I you know, uh, GH would have suggested this because he's uh, he's the moderator or the, of a couple other Facebook groups. I think particularly the Raven group, Raven Watches group. Mm-hmm. And he had said, you know, make sure you put like a security question in there to make sure that bots don't join. And I'm like, man, even sex bots are on on ah. Facebook. You know what I mean? So I have a question in, and the question is just like, oh, you know. What is the two book watch now's podcast? You know, and then I had in, par- in parentheses and parentheticals. Um, I'm just asking this to make sure you're a real person. I have gotten <laughs> the greatest answers ever, with with <laughs> without hyperbole. Every single one of them included some sort of variable X Y Z and dick jokes. That that uh-huh. was everyone's answer. It was a podcast about watches and dick jokes. A podcast okay. about cats as cats and dick jokes. Everyone seems to be very much in tune with, uh, <laughs> very much in tune with how we're doing the show. So, great, um, really enjoyed that. But yeah, so if you're on Facebook, if you want to feel like you're also taking part in the shenanigans that go on, on Instagram, go and check that out. We'll put a link in the show notes. If you don't, uh, if you have trouble accessing the links for the show notes, you can just email me at tbws.contact@gmail.com, tbws.contact@gmail.com, and I'll just email you the link. And then, um, and then, yeah. So, looking forward to getting that started. Just want to do the shout out for that. Uh, that is it for housekeeping items. I am taking up way too much time talking about God knows what. Let's get to this main topic. I think this is interesting because this is a particular <laughs> note, especially recently with a lot of the stuff that we were you you were you were. It was your turn to send me a wall of a wall of text. I feel like right because usually I send you walls of text about things that don't even have to do with what we do on the show. But it was your well, turn this time. It's it started with me being very upset. about the Rolex shortage, stainless steel crisis, whatever you want to call it right now. (laughs) I think we're about a year and a half or two years into this uh, madness already. And everybody, I think out of frustration, is coming up with their own theories. Okay. You know, some people are saying that they genuinely can't keep up with the demand. Some people are saying that they're creating... um, an artificial shortage to uh, sort of, you know, shift their position in the market. Interesting. Um, some people think that they're actually getting rid of the maxi case and that they're going to introduce something newer and and uh, um, closer to the original case design with the thinner lugs. I don't believe that for a second. But hey, I never thought a stainless steel GMT Pepsi <laughs> would would be out. You know. <laughs> Do you think they're doing this in response to, uh, in some way, affect, I guess, secondhand Rolexes or just or just particular stainless steel models? Because I'm trying to understand the rationale. You know what I'm saying? So if we're if we're gonna get as crazy as as you know, thinking that Rolex is gonna come out with a new case design this soon, um, so close to the maxi case release, um, I don't think it's nuts to theorize that. Uh, Rolex is aware of what happens to the the secondhand prices. Hmm. So, um, you know, right now, because people can't buy, uh, say, 
a stainless steel Submariner, no date at retail because there aren't any in the stores, um, they're going to have to pay something along the lines of, I don't know, $450, $500 more, sometimes sometimes even more depending on the model. Um, you know, they're probably aware of that. And they're probably, I don't know, they might be interested in seeing how bad they can make it. Why? How, how, much, how much of an issue can we create where where it gets to the point that people are seeing the secondhand prices and saying, okay, no, that's too crazy. I'm not going to pay that much above retail. Let me walk over to the authorized dealer. Um, maybe buy, maybe buy one Rolex so I can get on the, on the waiting list and then I'll get the one that I want. That way they get two Rolexes out of you. you know, <laughs> it's like from you the ha- retailer. You have to go through a courting process. Exactly. That's exactly. So, odd. so so is it possible that Rolex is, is doing this to try to abolish the secondhand market for for their models? Because, man, I, I mean, the, the GMT Master uh, stainless steel version, the Pepsi, is kind of an extreme example. I think that watch is a little a little under $10. Uh, brand new. Ten th- oh, yeah, $10. <laughs> <laughs> give, give, me, give me a bucket full of those things, <laughs> right. I just found $55 an old suit could have wore a wedding last year. I'm buying five Rolexes <laughs> and, a, and a stick of gum. You know? Yeah, man. Those, I mean, those, it's not that they're being listed at over $20,000. they are selling at over $20,000. So do you think uh, that they're trying to abolish the secondhand market because they see it as some sort of threat or that they see it as an opportunity to make more money? I'm not really sure. I just don't know. It's not very common for brands to get excited about gray market or secondhand market. They're just... But on the flip historically, s- I'm sorry. Historically, Swiss, Swiss brands are just not into the idea of people not buying watches from their authorized dealers or their boutiques. But on the flip side, we were talking about Omega earlier. Omega will be more than happy to support me bringing a secondhand watch to have them replace parts on or, you know, have like, I guess, price out because I remember, I think I was at the boutique and I mentioned I have this watch and then the person told me, oh yeah, Omega does that all the time. We have to see the watch before we can quote you anything, blah, blah, blah. And then we can let you know, you know, what, you know, what we recommend switching out and everything like that. You told me a story that if you send a watch to Rolex, they're just going to do whatever they want to it. Right? Yeah. Or has I mean, that that's changed? Just, that's just a different vertical uh, or a completely different business for them, I think. Um, and they should be more open to offering that support because it's going to be great you know, for their revenue mm-hmm. either way. Um, yeah. So Rolex, you have to send it to them and then they basically uh, provide you with a sheet of everything that's wrong with the watch, everything that they plan on doing uh, and what each of those line items costs. Um, so you, uh, you have to prove that or, or not approve it. Oh, but okay. If you go, if you go back, so the difficulty comes if you try to if you try to go back and say okay well i want this to happen but i don't want that to happen can you do this this but not this and that so um you can't pick and choose it's a set menu what yeah you can't pick and choose what you want them to do if they give you a list of repairs that that need to happen for the watch uh, you can't pick and choose which ones you want them to go with you have to sign off on the whole thing or not 
I remember I, we might talk about this on uh, about this on air, and <clears throat> I know I try and not acknowledge other websites, but that's just avoidable. I think I was reading a Hodinky article about one of those guys. <laughs> I know I, I, I feel I feel bad just saying the name, um, <clears throat> but one of those guys. Um, they were in. Oh, it might have been in New York. They wanted to have their old Speedmaster serviced, um, and they they wanted it all to look the same. They just wanted like the movement service, so kind of similar to me with my with my with my vintage Seamaster Thirty. And the place he took it to, I think it was like a regular mega place. They said, "Oh, we have to redo." I think like the like the, the loom because the loom might have been tritium. Does that sound right? You know what I'm talking about? Um, yeah, I I think I think I know what article you're talking about. I never read it, but um, he he hey, he he fought tooth and nail to be like, no, like leave the loom alone, blah blah blah, do all that. I think eventually they like the brand acquiesced and like, okay, fine, we'll, we'll leave the loom alone or something like that. But I just the idea of the option to argue, you know, was on the table. Like they, 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 you know what I mean? They, uh, but I feel like with a lot of times with Rolex, it's based off what you're saying. That's just not the case. I just, I just find it interesting. You know, it's funny because I'm, I'm at the complete opposite end of the spectrum in these situations. Um, when I, and I, I picture, I picture watch uh, consumers acting like this in the, you know, fifties and sixties. If you get if you want to get your watch serviced, you want it to look nice and you know almost feel like a completely overhauled fresh new car or something. So mm. when I when I ask you know people to service my Speedmaster, they're they're an authorized Omega service center here. Um, I was just like, do what you have to do. Fucking nice. replace everything. <laughs> give me give me new everything. Polish it. I, I really I really don't care. Just make it look nice. Because this is not a collectible Speedmaster, I'm not into uh, vintage collectible watches that that I have to be afraid of messing up <laughs> when I service them. You know, right? Um, so, um, I, I guess it's good that you can convince them. It, it, it's just sad that you have to fight for it. I suppose. Talking about talking about Rolex again. Did you did you want to talk about your experience calling calling some of these places or no? I can't remember if you wanted to talk about that. Oh or not. my god! I, I you know I, I had a day where I where I <laughs> sometimes I try to unplug for lunch, um, but uh, I made myself a a greasy sandwich. Yeah. And I sat down at my desk and I'm like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna bug some people today. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, I called like five, just for fun. I I called uh, maybe five authorized. Uh, Rolex dealers in the greater Seattle area and uh, one in Vancouver um, you know just asking them just asking them what they have you know do you have the stainless steel sub the GMT master do not one of them not one of them had e even a stainless steel submariner interesting like like not even the one with the date which is to, w was historically easier to get you know, and some of them even told me we haven't seen a stainless steel sports model come in in maybe four months. Interesting, you but know? they're but they're supposed to have them based off of their relationship with Rolex, the brand, right? They're they're supposed to have them. Rolex will never give you a heads up on delivery when delivery is going to happen and what you're getting in the next batch. Um, Such a ridiculous so business practice to have under ads. <laughs> Yeah, man, it's it, you, they just they do what they want. Uh, it's 
whether they're supporting um, supporting you from the after sales side or the 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 repair side, or or they're you know they're authorized dealers. They just do whatever the fuck they want. And the beautiful thing is, if it's related to pricing, um, or any other kind of business practice, the the rest of the market will typically follow. Because they'll say, okay, Rolex is raising their prices. Okay, we'll do it too, you know? <laughs> so, um, but yeah, these places have not seen um, stainless steel models in a very long time. It's kind of crazy. It's going to be interesting to see if the efforts that Rolex is kind of going through, whether, I mean, the thing is also, we're also kind of, we're interpreting these efforts as them trying to uh, impact the secondhand market. You know what I mean? So I, 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 Curious to see what happens in a couple of years. Um, I was thinking about it the other day, uh, just to switch gears for like, staying on top of switching gears for brands. Does Seiko have any type of like relationship with secondhand watch? Like, can you send a secondhand watch to Seiko and they'll help you out or no? So Seiko is actually apparently pretty bad because um, interesting. A, a lot of times they'll phase out parts out of nowhere, um, mm. <clears throat> and you can just. You just can never get them again. So while while some Swiss brands will try to catalog and hold on to a lot of legacy components, say a dial for your Seamaster, Seiko doesn't give a shit. <laughs> 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 They'll just tell you, like, nope. There's there's a complete, there's a huge, <clears throat> I don't want to say it's a huge <clears throat> market, but there's Excuse a me. very focused market for, um, you know, for old, um, Seiko crystals to the point where there are a lot of people counterfeiting them. Um, Weird. And actually stealing designs from um, Klein Vintage Watch Repair, which is, you know, if, if you're looking for an old um, Seiko crystal, he's obviously the guy to talk to because he's literally the only person on the planet with the original designs. And Wow. Um, he was able to work with a, with a previous partner in the past, to reproduce them to Seiko spec. Um, so uh, to my knowledge, the only person on the planet that can do that for you, but you have a lot of, um, a lot of counterfeit Seiko crystal, um, manufacturers <laughs> right now. So do you think they're, they're creating counterfeit parts for secondhand, uh, these secondhand pieces in an attempt to like deceive people? Oh, these are genuine crystals, blah, blah, blah. Yes. Or do you, Yes. That's so why so odd. Why why yeah. why not just tell people, hey, Sega doesn't support secondhand markets, but you know we were able to reproduce these crystals, blah blah blah. Is there? You think there's? You, I, wow, that's just so odd to me. You know? Yeah, I I really don't know, but there there is an issue with um, it's almost non-existent. Uh, that that kind of support from from Seiko, and it's they're just a very difficult brand to communicate with in general. Uh, so I, I can't even imagine them offering support, <laughs> you know, in the case of, of servicing a watch, for example. I, I actually, I don't know if anyone has ever sent something like, a, I don't know, an old 6309 directly to Seiko and said, hey, can you fix this for me? I don't know. Because I just don't, I just don't think they have the components. When they stop doing something, they stop doing something completely. Very interesting. That's, yeah, yeah. that's, that's so wild. I was thinking about this um, actually like 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 last night, and we've talked about this a bit before. Just kind of switching gears to to, to like micro brands and like secondhand pieces. I, I, my experience with 
I'm trying to think if I've owned if I've ever owned any secondhand like micro brand pieces at the top of my head I'm not sure but I've been in the experience of selling a micro brand piece you know what I mean and like I lost right. I lost a lot of money on it you know so but I'm, I I always I always wonder if like in a few years because I have a lot of these micro brand pieces like if I ever have to get them serviced like you know is it going to be an issue or will the warranty still be good because I think a lot of them come with like one or two year warranties or whatever and they transfer owner to owner but kind of meaningless if your company doesn't exist anymore you know what I mean yeah and it's it's funny that you say that because a, a selling point I I think for a lot of um, micro brands is the movement so we have this really mm. cool affordable dive watch that runs on this standard solida or eta movement and servicing is going to be a total breeze for the rest of your life okay what happens if you're gone in a decade and i need a bezel or a crown oh it's a good point you know who who am i gonna and this is it's funny i never i never thought about this until i was talking to the local <clears throat> watchmaker here um you know little shop direct in west seattle and I just, I walk in there sometimes and, and I was, I think last time I was in there, I was wearing a Raven, um, the Trekker. Yeah. Yeah. And he was like, this thing is really cool. But I mean, yeah, a problem I see. And he's, he says that, you know, some people have come in with, um, watches from older brands, smaller brands that don't exist anymore. Um, and these could have been big Swiss brands at a time. He's like, I can't get a crown for this watch. I can't get a, I can't get a gasket for this watch or an overhaul kit for this watch. I can't do anything for you. Um, if the case back is busted, if the bezel is busted, you know, those, those are the components I think that are going to be more difficult to, uh, to replace and repair. So you walked in with your Raven, he saw it, you told him what it was and he told you that, that, that story, like, you know, it's, it could be yeah. an issue. Was he trying, yeah. was, was he trying to sell you a watch? No, no, that, that that guy is not pushy at all. He, he's cool. really funny. He's he's just one of those dudes that wants to chat. Oh, <laughs> every that's time. so nice. Yeah, yeah. That but is... it's a it's a good it's a good point. I mean, it, it's not always about the movement. Yeah, I. I that's a good... true. You can you can service an, an ETA. Yeah. Uh, like nobody's business. But what happens with all these other little parts? Yeah, bezel or I know some micro brands have very specific crystals that are made. You know what I mean? Yeah. Or a friggin' hour marker falls off or something. <laughs> I don't know. I guess it'll stick it back on. Whatever. Yeah, dude, just stick it back on with some Gorilla Glue. Just Gorilla Glue it back together. <laughs> Whatever. Right? Yeah. <laughs> oh, jeez. It's just, it's, just, it's just interesting to me because um, I've, I've been... It's something that hasn't really entered into my mind for some of the vintage pieces that I own or that, that, that I, I look at, like not counting the Seamaster, because most of the vintage watches that I look at, I look at are, the, um, are the Soviet pieces. You know what I mean? Right. And I get questions every now and then from people like, like, oh, you know, um, can like, can Vostok support me if I buy this watch and I need new this? Can Riketa do this? Can, you know, P you know, Pabetta do this or blah, blah, blah. I mean, you know, 13 times out of 10, the companies are, are they don't even exist anymore. You know what I mean? And, and most likely right. they're not, they're not going to be able to, to help you, you know, with those situations. But obviously, you know, some of the Swiss brands could. But sometimes I guess they choose not to. I don't know. It's just it's just an interesting point because um, when you buy a watch, I don't know how many people like consider that. Like, what is 
do I have any support from, you know, the brand uh, or, or anything like that? Even if, like, the warranty's out, you know, what are my options? So I, I haven't heard right. of anyone better than Omega because, like you said, they have that museum. They have all these old parts. And, I mean, the more and more I'm talking about I'm looking at the watch right now on my wrist. I mean, maybe I'll just send it in and have them change the dial if it's really that big of an issue. Who knows? You know what I mean? I'm actually interested to see the dial that they put on there. <laughs> you know, right? Because uh, the, the the guy told me that it's like, oh yeah, they have all they have all the dials from this era. But you know, if you do choose to do this, please be aware it might not be the same exact dial. I'm like, oh, is it be like a Mickey Mouse dial? Like literally with Mickey Mouse on it? That makes me so happy. <laughs> you know? Oh man, yeah, I, I don't, um, I don't know. It's a it's a big decision. I'm not gonna push you in any direction. <laughs> I need you to push me, Michael. I need you to push me into but, a direction. I, I, I don't know what's wrong with me. I just, I, I've never cared about that stuff. The only time I cared about it was uh, when I was servicing the Smiths uh, and I just didn't want it polished. I don't think that's Well, you're not, you're not really a patina person, are you? I'm really not. I don't care. See, that's, I, that's, that's, that's the deciding factor. The only reason I don't want this dial to look shiny <laughs> and new is because I enjoy the, the, the patina. I, the, I'm attracted to this watch not because of the way it looked brand new, you know, in the 60s. I'm attracted to the way this, to this watch because of how it's aged in relation to the rest of the watch market, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, the, 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 the mentality makes total sense. Yeah, I'm so happy that my Speedmaster looks pretty much brand new. Now, the, the poly polishing is important, though. I, I want to back up a bit because I think when people get into collecting especially new watch enthusiasts, they hear all this talk about polishing. Mm -hmm. oh, you can't do that. Don't polish the watch. Don't. And for the longest time when I was starting out, I was like, what the fuck is with the polishing thing? Like, why are people <laughs> so pissed about it? Um, and there's, there's good polishing and there's really, really bad polishing. Okay. And if you take, if you take a watch, like a nice, just like a nice 6309 Seiko, an original one. Mm -hmm. There, There's so much detail to that case design. There are so many clean, crisp lines uh, and these little, these little steps in the case design and these corners. And they're just, they're just gorgeous. No, nobody does it like Seiko in, in, in that area. Now, if you polish it, you're just going to completely smooth all those little details out. They're just not going to be there anymore. And mm. if it's a shit polishing job, the watch is just going to feel like a pebble. You know, all those cool, interesting lines are going to be gone. So, I mean, that's, that's what you have to look out for. The same thing with the, the Speedmaster lugs I'm looking at now. There's some cool little corners. Um, and this one was polished, but they're all still there. So... Like anything else, there's there's a wrong way to do it. So, um, I guess that's one thing to look out for if you're if you're servicing a watch. Right. That's just so cool though. I think what I'm gonna do is I think uh, I'll save up some money. I'm gonna have this watch. I'll, I'll get it. I'll get it. Maybe I'll get a second opinion from the Mega Boutique. But regardless of what choice I make, I'm gonna go through with a choice, have it serviced, and then maybe I can catalog that experience. Um, you know, on the website and everything like that. I, I think that could be um, that could be a lot of fun. But I'm actually super interested here, and I'm surprised I haven't asked it yet. If any of you guys listening have had similar experiences with me as me with me as me, 
um, at seven years of higher English education right there. Seven, but there's similar experiences where you had to make a choice, you know, when servicing a watch, do I keep this, do I maintain it, look, or do I ensure longevity, so on and so forth, whether it's with Omega or another watch. Really curious to hear if anyone's tried reaching out to some brands to maybe have a vintage watch looked at, maybe um, with Seiko. I know a lot of you guys are super, super into Seiko, just like we are, and I know a lot of you guys have crazy, crazy collections, and or with any other Swiss brand, I think it's going to be interesting to just get the discussion going on that because I think it's it's a pretty fun topic to talk about, but I think it's also especially relevant with just how the watch industry is is just changing and evolving. You know, I, I'm really curious to see because I think in the past five years, more watch brands have popped up than in a long time just because of the advent of the micro brand. You know what I mean? It's ridiculous. So in 10 years, I want to see, you know, what the landscape is like for these secondhand, like secondhand pieces. Are we going to have just like a flood of just really just not very well supported random micro brand watches uh, on eBay? You know what I mean? Uh, uh, that people will just, just buy and part out for the movements, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Who knows? But um, interested to hear everyone's experiences. I wanted to leave a little bit of time here towards the tail end of the show to talk about something special, Michael, that happened to you. Are you okay transitioning? Oh, <laughs> Yeah, I totally forgot. Yeah, yeah. Something really you 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 found the golden orological social ticket, right? Yeah, I I feel I feel kind of bad about it because I've I've kind of dismissed the possibility of these conversations in <clears> real life. <throat> well, that's... And I've really made fun of people that speculate this way, specifically people that um recognize serious detail um about your watch right. in public. Uh, so I, I think it was some of the homage arguments where uh, people are, are kind of afraid of the fictional conversation that might arise if you're if you're wearing a Steinhardt or something and somebody asks you, is that a Rolex? You know, I would say nobody nobody out there in real life is is looking at your watch in you know that closely. Right. <laughs> Um, but I, I was wrong. I was wrong in this case. I guess there there are some people out there that that do have that kind of eye. I suppose. Um, yeah, it's a good time to talk about it. I feel a little embarrassed. Don't be embarrassed. <laughs> this is this is this is this is the, your experience of basically writing it off and then having it happen to you, Michael. Don't you know that's how serendipitous love works? Haven't you seen the John Cusack movie? Like that's how that's literally how it works. When you've given up on the experience, is when you experience the experience yeah yeah well I, it was nice I, I did have a nice conversation so I, I think it was maybe a couple weeks ago I, I took a ferry from uh from downtown seattle to a place called bremerton which is out west kind of a it's kind of a navy navy town they have a naval shipyard and uh, like an old destroyer parked there that you can tour um pretty cool quiet little place at the, at the time um so and it's a it's a really nice ferry ride. You basically just do it for for the ferry ride. Nice. You get some nice nice views. Um so on the way back, um we were just enjoying the sights and uh I went to sit down uh, on one of the benches on this fast ferry that they use. And uh this guy kind of turns over and he, I, I was wearing the Doxa at the time. Yeah. The Doxa black lung. Yes. And uh, he turns to me and he says, Hey, is that a U.S. Navy Divers Co. Doxa? <laughs> it's not that he saw an orange watch and said, Hey, is that a Doxa? No. He looked, <laughs> he looked at the little emblem. 
somehow from a distance, I said, Hey, is that a U.S. Navy Divers Co. Doxa? <laughs> That's so and wild. Before I, before I said any, before I said anything, I just, I went to shake his hand and I said, Hey, my name is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't answer his question. Um, we're, because we're, I, I we're going to be friends. My name is Mike. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I, I always I always told myself that's that's the kind of thing I would do if somebody would notice that level of detail in the watch that I was wearing. Right. Um, and yeah, we got to talking, and it turns out he has um, he has an older, original, professional version with just the outline uh, emblem. Those are becoming super collectible now. Wow. Uh, prices prices are going up. And he was wearing a really cool um, Waltham trench watch, which was really it, it was interesting because it's a it's a very small case, but he had it on um, what I believe was a reproduction trench strap. Oh, so cool. it was kind of kind of those big uh, they almost look like leather cuffs that go over the um, uh, or I guess under the watch. Right. So really really cool look. Uh, beautiful patina dial, um, something I could even appreciate. And yeah, we just had a nice, nice long talk about watches <laughs> on the on the ferry ride back. So it was a uh, it was a good time. That's so good. That's that's that's. I, uh, did you tell him about the show? I just never. Did you tell him about the I show? I just never would have imagined. Yeah, yeah. I told I told him about the show. Uh, and um, hey, man, if you're listening, uh, I believe your name was Jason. Uh, what up, hope Jason? You've enjoyed the, <laughs> hope you've enjoyed the episode. We it love was, you, man. It was really cool talking watches. Yeah, he he um he mentioned he had some cool stuff. Uh, we talked about the Seamaster Planet Ocean, which is a pretty sweet watch. Um, I think he mentioned that was like his first big uh, like dive watch <clears throat> purchase. Right. Um, great watch. Um, you're lucky yeah. because you're you 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 were potentially two different question answers away from having like a like a like a, like a Kratzer sonata scenario you know what it means like oh yeah my wife used to wear a doxa before i killed her you know what i mean so you're, you're pretty <laughs> you're pretty lucky that your stranger conversation turned out positive yeah, turned out positive especially on public transportation or rather i mean i guess semi-public transportation you know you're you're pretty lucky that that turned out so well i've i've never had that experience i think the only time someone noticed the watch that I was wearing, like in the wild, like unprompted. It wasn't even like they noticed the watch brand. It was the the color of the watch. It was a Stevrol bronze more that I was wearing. Um, this yeah. girl I used to work with, she's like, she's like, Oh, I love your watch. My husband would love that. And I'm like, does he want this one? I don't want it. You know, that yeah. was the, that was the watch I ended up selling. Um, that was the micro piece I ended up selling. But yeah, man, that's so cool. You know, it was. And I, I typically do not like talking to people. Um, I will do almost everything I can to not talk to people in public. One hundred percent. If I have to like leave my apartment to do something, and I notice my neighbor is just walking to their door or walking out of their door, I stand there behind my door, looking to the people, waiting for them to leave or not be there anymore. <laughs> I don't want to cross paths. You know. Yeah, yeah. We talked about uh, you know servicing watches. We talked about. Um, we even talked about. Vostoks and cheaper divers and how much fun they can be. Sweet. Um, you know, kind of, he seemed, he seemed really well-rounded and into a, a really wide spectrum of, of watch collecting. So it was cool to meet somebody like that. Cool with, uh, cool to meet somebody with uh, an eye for detail. I just, I can't, I can't believe that somebody noticed 
that specific watch from <laughs> from far away. You know, it, it blows my mind. Also, the thing is, like, kudos to him for having the guts to say something. I've been hurt so many times by recognizing watches in the wild that if I recognize something now, I just don't say anything. Like, I was in I was in um, the Disney parks the other day, and um, I saw someone wearing a Timex. I couldn't remember which one it was, but it was one of the ones that I think we were looking at recently for one of the. Um, one of the giveaways and so it was like uh-huh. a, it was like a newer time actually i wanted i wanted to say something but i'm just like i've been hurt too many times it's not worth it yeah you know, you know the, so i think the rule of thumb is don't do it with rolex <laughs> i did it because that's where that's where i got burned i did it with know? someone wearing a big bang once i was in a job interview and uh the guy i, I, I might have told you about this the guy across me was wearing a rose gold hublot big bang and I wanted to say something the whole conversation. I was wearing my I was wearing my my Blue Lagoon Samurai, so I kept trying to like scratch my face to like show him show him the watch to see if he said something first because I wasn't sure if he was a watch guy, even though it's like a cheap Seiko compared to his watch. Like maybe he'd be like, oh yeah, it's the Blue Lagoon, blah blah. So for an hour and a half, I'm just talking to this guy, scratching my face, trying to show him the the watch on my wrist. You know what I mean? To get like 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 like, have you ever done that with someone before? Yeah. <laughs> Maybe I don't know. I fix fix my glasses, you know. I, I fix yeah. my hair, but like I do it in like a really awkward way to show them my wrist. And so at the end, you know, I'm shaking his hand. Or this is this is a while back, and I'm like, oh, by the way, you know, I um, uh, that's just so cool to see the uh, 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 big bang like that in the wild. I've never seen one like outside the boutique. And he goes, he goes, he, he goes, well, what do you mean? I'm like, oh, your your watch. So he's like, oh yeah, I got my brother got it for me as a gift. It's like, oh. <laughs> and your brother adopt me like does your does your family need any more servants or something like that dude man i did it with a needle in my arm and i remember i remember that <laughs> i've never seen a guy move so fast <laughs> <laughs> well the guy that i that I, talk, I was talking to with the big bang probably didn't like know about it or know that it was you know not necessarily a cheap watch hold, hold, hold on one second get out of here cat come on Crinkly plastic. Run. Crinkly plastic. Crinkly plastic. You crinkly plastic is like feline kryptonite, all right? The cats have no... The, the, so it's been really hot in Florida right now, and so we've been getting a lot of, like, like bugs, because bugs and humidity go pretty well together, and so a lot of the bugs have been coming, like, inside the apartment, and, like, bugs that I want nothing to do with, like, beetles and cockroaches and flying palmetto bugs and all kinds of just insipid, disgusting insects. And the cats have no fear. The cats like, dude, all fucking day. And they'll chase these bugs everywhere. They'll climb. They'll, and they're smashing bugs. And they're like, I, I have to stop them from eating the bugs. Because if I don't stop them, they'll eat the bugs. And I don't, I don't want them. I, I, I buy them food. They shouldn't, have, they shouldn't have to eat bugs, you know. Yeah. They have no fear. But if I crinkle a plastic grocery bag as I'm walking in the door, dude, man, they, no. It's like it's like sounding like 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 the nuclear raid <laughs> no. alarm. Nah, dog. They're just like, dude, no. I'm I'm not, I'm gonna hide. I'm gonna run away. I'm gonna hide. And they'll they'll hide under the bed or they'll hide in their little cat caves or things like that. But you know, cockroaches, yeah. no fear. <laughs> Telling you, man. Oh my god, that's so interesting though. Watch friend in the wild, but um. Uh, really excited to hear everyone's thoughts and opinions on on the show today with this topic of just just how brands really um, support this, this specifically the secondhand market. You know what I mean? If anyone has any positive experiences, looking forward to hearing. If it has any negative experiences, always always looking forward to hearing that stuff. I think we're gonna figure out finally figure out an option um, to service this Speedmaster. I think the biggest impediment was, and this is this is also the weird 
area of buying like a $300 or $400 vintage watch because I think I paid $325 for my Omega Seamaster 30 and that um, I think I was quoted way more than I paid for the watch to fix the watch, which is like a phenomenon yeah. that only exists <laughs> with uh, with secondhand uh, vintage watches, I feel like. so. But I might yeah, just happens. I might just eat it and just have them just do what they gotta do to it. Cause the thing is everything else is fine. I mean the case back uh engraving is rubbing away a little bit, but that's totally normal. The case is really good condition. The markers are even fine. It's just this it's just this dial, man. You know? I really love this watch too, because the um the movement is that old school copper plating they used to do on these old Seamasters. So I mean I can't right. I can't see I mean I know it's there. <laughs> I can't see it. It's like being on the beach and seeing a bunch of like like people in bathing suits. I can't see the genitals, but I know they're there. That comforts me. You know what I mean? So um, I like just this know watch. this yeah. that that watch is never going to be a fifty thousand dollar watch. Right? I, I, it's impossible. You know? If you keep everything original, whatever, it's just never going to happen. So you might as well just have a nice watch. I just have a nice watch that I can put back into rotation because it just, it just sits in the watch box now these days, you know? So Yeah, and that's sad. It is quite sad. It was very nice wearing it, wearing it for today's show. Oh, man. But um, let me see here. Were there any other housekeeping items or news items, or should I do a recap? Loose. Yeah, I think it's, it's a good time. Loose recap. But um, yeah, really, really fun discussion. Looking forward to hearing from everyone. Also, just to remind folks, um, if you're interested in just taking part of the conversations and just interacting with us and interacting with other Trooper Washington listeners and you're not on Instagram, which is totally cool, we are building up the Facebook um, group. You know, so you go, um, you become a member, you answer the question, just type in something to let me know you're not a sex bot or like a robot or someone that's trying to just, just I only want the community there for people who know about the show. Like that's, that's for you guys. That's for us to give back, you know, to you, to, to, to you guys. Um, yeah. so go and check that out. In addition to that, check out the really cool stuff we have on the website right now. These two press pieces for the Timex Marlin blackout and these two, um, uh, Seiko solar tunas, uh, SNE four, nine, eight SNE four, nine, nine, where did they get these numbers from? Um, also got the <laughs> this ball watch review from Mark and this community re uh, watch review for this Casio from Greg. Really, really cool stuff. Thank you guys for that. Also, if you just also, I just want to take time to, to clarify this right now. Um, Michael, in what way can I communicate to everyone how, how, ba how backlogged we are on, on emails? Is there an appropriate analogy or metaphor that I can use to express... Um, the number of emails we're currently working through. Omaha Beach. Omaha. <laughs> <laughs> she robbed the mic. But yeah, so if you emailed us and you haven't heard back, we're super, super sorry. Um, we just, we answer emails in the order we get them and we answer them. We really try and respond to people in ways that are um, authentic, that are really, really also reflective of the email you sent us. Because a lot of times people send us emails, they're incredibly detailed. They're usually really just incredible stories of people, you know, talking about their first watch or talking about how much they like the show or something like that. So we take a lot of time to write back each and every single email, which is awesome. But at the same time, people who send emails, there might be some downtime. So if you guys are wondering if we got your emails, we totally got them. Um, we're responding as quickly as we can. This really is just like a two-person affair. It's just, it's just me and Mike doing all this stuff, the Instagram um, the podcast while having, while having regular jobs while having <laughs> while having regular regular jobs 
man that's heavy you know what i mean so if you emailed us um really appreciate your patience we will get back to you um as soon as we can um i prioritize some emails if someone sends me like a listing of a watch and, and it's like a vintage watch and like a vintage toby watch like oh is this real i'll usually take five minutes to quickly respond to that because i don't want like the auction time to run out you know what i mean yeah so those yeah. are those i try to get back to pretty quick but um just wanted to put that out there for everyone as well oh also if there was a weird instance last week where you did not see a two book wash knob episode go up i will apologize for not maybe spreading the word um as appropriately as i should last week in lieu of our uh, flagship podcast which is what you're listening to right now um mike and i did two patreon specials so basically instead of an hour and a half of content it was two hours of content the Patreon specials are free. They're on our Patreon page. Um, they're really, really cool. Uh, There's Patreon number three and Patreon number four. Patreon special number three was um, the Q&A segment we were talking about doing for a while. So we took five questions from five of you guys. There's, uh, you know, y'all sent them in. Um, keep the questions coming because we wanted to make the Q&A segment a reoccurring uh, like thing that we do. Um, so we took five questions, answered them, really had a lot of fun. I mean, went from everything to like, you know, seldom worn things in our watch boxes to you know mating practices or logical mating practices <laughs> you know what i mean so uh really a lot of fun the second episode um was really fascinating it was space watches you'll never own so mike chose a watch with space significance space exploration history i chose a watch with the same and um we talked about the the fact that it's pretty goddamn impossible for anyone to ever have an authentic version of I guess technically my watch in the collection, your watch, it's impossible or as, yeah. far, as far as we know, you know what I mean? So <laughs> definitely go and check out those Patreon specials. Um, they're free. The Patreon page is uh, a way for us to explain to people how we use funding we do receive on Patreon. So if you're there and if you enjoy the shows and if you also, if you enjoyed this show, if we make you laugh, if you had a good time, if we made your Monday mornings even a little more tolerable, um, definitely consider donating to the, um, on the Patreon page. Uh, Cause if it wasn't for, those donations, we wouldn't be able to go to Hong Kong and do all the really cool shit we have planned to share with you guys. It's going to be, I think it's going to be a coverage experience that's probably not like most coverage experiences that people are used to with some other watch outlets. Um, you might see our nipples. I think that's probably the the, the, the strongest thing I can think of, right, Michael? Maybe. <laughs> Michael is immediately regretting starting the show. <laughs> Gotta show my nips. Gonna blast some nips for the folks at home, but uh, but no, in all seriousness though, you know we were would not have been able to go to Hong Kong if it weren't for you folks who jumped on the Patreon page, and we're also working on figuring out um, specific content ideas for Patreon contributors. We're also figuring out because uh, I know this is like a common practice, like um merchandise tiers. Like Mike and I talk about this, uh, figuring out like what sort of TBWS merch to make. So obviously we've talked about the. Uh, sacred Catterday calendar, whether it's sexual or non-sexual. I'd prefer non-sexual, to be honest. My poor cats. I feel like that's not cool. <laughs> you know what I mean? Um, we've talked about the idea of coffee mugs. I think coffee mugs would be a lot of fun. Since we are a part of so many people's Monday mornings, I feel like like a TVWS coffee mug is pretty is a pretty interesting idea. Um, I don't know. Hats, stickers. I'm, not, I'm honestly not sure. I still think, actually, you know what? Toothbrushes could be fun. So Just so out there. Right? I gotta brush my teeth. Do you do you brush your teeth before you go to bed or when you wake up? Both. What? Is that normal? Yeah. Oh man, now I feel now I feel horrible for bringing this up. Well, because 
Because <laughs> I grew, I used to just do it in the morning when I woke up, but 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 uh, my wife insists on doing it at night. So if my wife insists on brushing her teeth at night, that means I had to brush my teeth at night, and it's just a weird experience for me. But now you're telling me we're both unhygienic heathens, right? You're really supposed to do it after meals. I try to do that too. What? So I eat. This is this is bizarre. I eat a meal. Just, you know, ideally three times a day, and I brush my teeth after each meal. Yeah, you're supposed to do that. No, that's for that. that are you working for like the <laughs> dental industry? Are you like a dental industry lobbyist trying to get me to buy more toothbrushes? That sounds ridiculous. See, I don't know. Maybe that's what it is. That is incredible. Does anybody else brush the teeth after every? Is your wife there? Ask your wife what she does. Is she? Is she? Is she, is she an earshot? She, she has headphones on. She's not gonna hear ah. me if I scream. <laughs> Damn it. My, my, my wife's not here right now. I'll ask her. Well, I, I know what she does, but I'll see if her, what her friends do. If you guys brush your teeth after every meal, <laughs> let us know. Let us, let us know. All right. This is, this is, this is, this is two broke, two broke, two broke, two broke tooth decaying snobs. <sighs> God in heaven. So stressful. So, so stressful. Stop and shop. Stop and shop. Man. But yeah. Definitely let us know what you guys' thoughts on today's episode. We're looking forward to hearing from everyone. We're really looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on the Patreon episodes as well. Everyone that's heard them has said, uh, you know, that, that they that they enjoyed them. But I know a lot of um, you guys probably just thought we didn't do an episode. We totally, totally did. We'll put a link to those episodes um, in the show notes here as well. Looking forward to hearing everyone's thoughts on those. Um, if you have any questions or if you have any comments, you can either, uh, uh, you know, comment on the actual TWS type page that this uh, show will be on, or you can hit us up on Instagram or Facebook now, because we're on Facebook. Ooh. Or you can email us directly at tbws.contact at gmail.com. Again, tbws.contact at gmail.com. Keep an eye out for more details on the Hong Kong trip. We're kind of figuring things out now. Right now, this is a weird experience I never thought I'd do. I'm trying to figure out what, like, what items I have to purchase to keep our like camera equipment normal and functioning for like press stuff. So I'm trying to figure out like power converters, extra battery packs, camera bags, things like that. That's something I never thought I'd ever have to do. You know what I mean? Yeah, just stick stick everything in like a plastic Win Dixie bag. A Win Dixie. I have to I have to find a Win Dixie bag. <laughs> I'm just gonna stick everything in a plastic Win Dixie bag and buy nothing but nine volt batteries and hope that <laughs> everything I own. It's compatible with a nine volt battery. Nine volt batteries and yarn. That's it. That's all. <laughs> that's just in the bag. Nine volt batteries, yarn, and a potato with toothpicks. Did you ever do that science project when you were a kid? You make a battery out of out of a potato. I feel like I did, but I I, I just I don't think I ever did it right. <laughs> oh yeah, one hundred percent. Every science project I tried to do by myself failed. The only ones that I ever did that worked are the ones my parents helped me with. Which you of can course. imagine, science you know, projects are for parents anyways. <laughs> Science That's projects. The bottom line. Science projects are a very niche area within keeping up with the Joneses that I feel like a lot of folks don't talk about enough. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. You're absolutely telling, right. Telling you, man. <sighs> but yeah. Um, is it that is it that sad time? I'm looking at my notes. Talked about the Doxa guy, talked about brands, did my housekeeping items, talked about Facebook. I think we're good. We're good. We're good. Oh, also, if anyone has any ideas for, if anyone has any ideas they want to contribute to the site, always super open to talking to you guys, talking to a few folks right now. Um, any idea I'm open to talking about. So just want to make sure that you guys know that because this is, the website's basically belonging to you as well. So here, I'll, I'll, I'll sign off. I, I don't want to get back to my life, which is why I'm, I'm, I'm gilding the lily as, as, as it were. But um, should we do the sign off? Yeah, sadly, 
Well, sadly. <laughs> thanks for listening, guys. My name is Mike. This is Kaz. You have been listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. Later. <laughs>